I'm going to preach to you today about God lifted me. Tell your neighbor, God lifted me. Tell your other neighbor, God lifted me. Anybody need some lifting today? Hallelujah. We need some lifting. Okay. So before we begin our sermon, let us go to God in prayer. Let me just say thank you for another Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for Fourth of July weekend, God. Thank you for the word that you have for us today. Thank you, Lord, you have some lifting for us. Encourage our hearts, speak to us, Lord, and move us from where we are to where it is you would have us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm going to get close to you guys. I want you to feel the word today. Hallelujah. Okay, so God lifted me. I just want to know, how well do you all deal with your problems? Are you guys pretty good problem solvers when things happen? Some of y'all are like, I don't know. Um, I think I'm a good problem solver. Okay, when was the last time you had a problem? Think about it in your, in your head. What was the last problem you had this week? And how did you handle it? Some of y'all are laughing because they don't sound like a good thing. You probably didn't handle it that well. Somebody had some problems this week, right? I wasn't the only one. Okay, good. Um, Pastor Kelly was talking today about a new season. It just seems like there's a lot of people that have been dying, right? Uh, people are on hospice. And we are just, it was just so sad to hear about um, the passing of Adonis' son today. I don't know about you, but it just made me sad and it made me cry. Um, Sometimes we're going through these trials and we're wondering why things are happening. Now, us, we are in church, right? So we are some seasoned saints. Amen? Are we, would you consider yourself to be a seasoned saint? Have you gone through some trials with God before, right? Okay. Um, so what happens when you have a trial and you kind of get through that trial and then the same thing kind of happens again in a different area, and then you kind of get through that, and then something else happens, and you're like, okay, what's happening here? You kind of look at God like, God, what is happening in my life? Anybody been thinking that lately? God, where are you? I need your help. Where is God? You know, I was even thinking to myself, God, where are you? Do you even care that I'm going through these problems? Where are you? Um, and it seems like it's never ending. Well, Pastor Mike talked today about Paul. And today our scripture in 2 Corinthians talks about how Paul had a vision. Paul was compared to be like a missionary like Mike, and like Pastor Mike. And he went about preaching and teaching and people were getting saved and things were just great. And one day God gave him a vision. And he said it was so great. Verse 7 says it was surpassingly great. Okay. Um, and Paul had that vision. But then it goes on to say, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, we all know what conceited means, right? Full of yourself, right? You think you got all the answers. Oh, I'm on the mountaintop. You can't tell me nothing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm a missionary. Hallelujah. But even missionaries have some trouble sometimes, right? 
Um, even church folks that are doing the right thing, that try to do the right thing, have some issues. But it says, therefore, take your neighbor, therefore. Take your other neighbor, therefore. In order to keep me from being conceited, hallelujah, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. How many of y'all been feeling like you've been tormented by a thing or two lately? Oh, somebody got two hands up. <laughs> I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Sometimes God will allow us to have a thorn even when we're doing the, somebody got two hands up back there too. Even when we're doing the right thing, even when you're a missionary, even when you're out there preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ, God will allow you to go through some things. Take it every you don't go through some things. Tell your other neighbor, you're going to go through some things. So Paul had this vision, and he said it was of surpassing greatness, but he was given a thorn, and he pleaded with the Lord three times. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. That is a real plea. Um, somebody who has a relationship with God and said, God, would you please get me out of this situation? It hurts. Now, scholars for years have speculated what that thorn actually was. Was it a literal thorn or was it a metaphorical thorn? Was it somebody that was bothering him? Somebody that was constantly nagging him? Was it money? Was it the fact that he was single? Hallelujah. Was it the fact that, you know, he was struggling with something else? Somebody in here knows when it feels like they have a thorn in their side, right? Who likes roses? Women, we tend to like roses, right? Men sometimes tend to give their other significant others, mothers, daughters, roses, right? But sometimes when you touch that rose, you have to you touch a thorn. And them thorns, they hurt. A thorn in your finger hurts, but a thorn in your side, that's really gonna hurt. And he pleaded with God three times. You know, you get a splinter in your foot. I gotta get this splinter out of my foot immediately. In your side, that means he was being tormented. And he pleaded with God three times. Sometimes we go through those same type of situations where we feel like we're being tormented and we pleading, God, get me out. God, get me out. Um, but that thorn is a sign that God wants you to be humil humble. It's a, it's a way that God allows you to be humble. Um, I had to plead myself a few times last week, Monday morning at eight o'clock. There was a thorn right there in my side waiting on me when I got to work. Amen. And I was like, okay, it's eight o'clock in the morning on Monday. <laughs> Thorns going to show up at your job in your family, in your church. Amen. Thorns will show up wherever, whenever you're expecting them and when you're not expecting them. Um, and that wasn't fun having a thorn at eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning. Come on. Uh, nobody wants to have a thorn like that. But when we go through those issues where we feel like we're suffering, we're really gaining patience. The King James calls suffering, I mean, patience, long-suffering. And I like what Joyce Meyer says. She says, the way you say long-suffering is long-suffering, okay? <laughs> Somebody said, that's long that's long, and you have no choice but to have that 
patience. You learn that when you try to do things on your own without God, sometimes it's going to make it worse. Anybody ever been through that situation? You have to learn how to be patient. Um, and so God wants us. Patience is actually one of the fruit of the spirit. Somebody was talking about fruit today. Uh, who knows the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's say that one more time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against these things. That's Galatians, okay? Learn them because guess what? God wants to get some fruit out of you. Hallelujah. Tell you that God wants some fruit. God wants some fruit, and not just the fruit that you got to reach up high to go get a ladder and get up on a stick. I went to Jamaica last year, and my cousin had some fruit trees. Oh, it was like heaven. It was like fruit trees all around, mango trees, aki trees. And he had this stick with this big little cup on it, and he would just pull it out. But God wants you to have some low-hanging fruit, some of that easy fruit, that fruit, the harvest kind of fruit, that the fruit that's on the ground that you don't need a stick to go grab. God wants to get some things out of us. So sometimes God will allow a thorn to bring us some humility, to give us some peace, to give us some faith, which comes by trials. Okay? It's making a little bit of sense now, right? Sometimes we got to go through these hard things so God can bring us up higher because we want to get lifted today. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God lifted me. Tell your other neighbor, God lifted me. Those trials, God are using them to lift you. And we all know how it feels to be tested. Now, there was a certain man in the scripture by the name of Job, and he went through trials. God described him as a God-fearing, upright man, okay, blameless. However, he lost everything. He was one of the richest men in the East. How many of y'all love your money? Oh, yeah. Amen. Raise your hand. How many of you love your money? Okay. <laughs> he lost it all. He lost his livestock. He lost his house. He lost all of his children. He lost his health. How, much, how many of you know that health is priceless? Health is priceless. Your life is priceless. You can't buy a life. You can't buy your health. You can't buy children. Some people try. But you can't buy your own children. You know, he lost everything. He lost his servants. He even lost his health. His friends turned on him and his wife turned on him, okay? And so sometimes when you're doing the right thing, God will allow you to be tested, all right? And why? Well, the enemy and God were having a conversation. And the enemy was on the earth. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 reveals to us that the devil goes about on the earth seeking whom he may devour. Okay? So in Job, he says, I was on the earth. And God said, well, have you considered my servant Job? Um, how many of y'all know that you are servants of the living God? God can try you whenever he gets ready to. God will try you whenever he gets ready to. Amen. And it's not for pride. It's because God wants to get glory out of that situation. Paul said, when I am weak, I am strong. My uh, power is perfected in weakness. So he was tested. 
Now, we have some more problems. David, he was another person that was in the trial. He had a problem. We're talking about problems right now. Tell your neighbor, problems. David was in a trial, and he wasn't just in any trial. and went not just with any enemy. His son wanted him dead. How many of you got children that want you dead? That is a problem. You think you got problems? If your child wants you dead, you got a serious problem. You may have thought to yourself, I wish, you know, in your head, but you're not going to actually go out and go do it, right? No. So God was the one that allowed the problems. And he was running away from his own son, Absalom. And so um, David was the king, and Absalom was next in line to be king. And so he wanted him dead. Now, David, if you read the story, David actually had done some things which caused him to get into that trouble. And if you could put up that Psalm, um, verses 1 through 4 up, we can read that together. Psalm 3. Let's read this together. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. How many of you know it's one thing to have a problem? It's another thing when people start talking. It's one thing when you're going through something in private, but when everybody knows you got a problem and everybody start instigating, when everybody start talking, that makes it a lot worse. You know, when you just sad one day and say, are you okay? You ever feel like you were just sad? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And nothing's actually wrong, but you just start crying because everybody keeps saying, are you okay? <laughs> it kind of makes it worse, right? Um, yes. So David had a problem, and people were judging him, and they said, God won't even help you. God don't even want to help you. Sometimes we feel like when we're in our problems, we kind of feel like, well, you know, it, it was my fault. I was the one that caused this problem, so why would God help me? You know, sometimes we kind of have those condemning thoughts. But in verse 3, David had a but God. Take your neighbor, but God. Take your other neighbor, but God. Let's read verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head. Yes. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield unto me. God was literally shielding David from those fiery darts that people were throwing at him, the literal darts, the darts that people were talking about him. You know, how many of y'all you ever felt like you were getting talked about unfairly? Um, God shielded him from those things. And as you read on the Psalms, God sustained him through the night. God is the one. Take your neighbor, but God. You feel like you have a problem today, but take your other neighbor, but God. But you, our Lord, are a shield around me. In the midst of trouble, God shielded David from his attackers. Sometimes your situation looks impossible. This is never going to turn around. Think about that problem you've been thinking about for a very long time. This looks impossible. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield unto me, the glory and the lifter of my head. God is going to sustain you in that hard time. So you think you're on your own, but in the actuality, you're not. God is the one that's going to turn that situation around. It looks like you're stuck, but God is the one that allowed that adversity, just like Job. 
Paul in 2 Corinthians, he said, but God again. Let's read 2 Corinthians um, together, please. But he, thank you very much. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Read that one more time. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, it's one thing to hear from God. It's one thing to tell God all your problems and to remember what God has done for you in the past. But it's another thing what God actually responds to you. Anybody ever heard God respond to you before? When you, yes, when God talks to you, that's a miracle. Everybody doesn't hear God talk to them, but God can talk to you in many different ways. In your dreams, you know, uh, through other people, through a pastor, hallelujah, uh, through the scripture, through a child. God can talk to you however God wants to talk to you. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, you got the answer, but is that the answer you really want to hear? My grace is sufficient. God, get me out of here. I got this thorn in my side. Get me out of here, please. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You know, when I hear those words, I get peace in my spirit. When you get in the presence of God, you have no choice but to change your position. Somebody take your neighbor, change your position. But let's go back to but God. So God answered Job also in chapter 38. Job was going through a trial. He lost everything. And, and Job was just kind of like questioning God. And God said, um, in chapter 38, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? You ever had a child question you before? Like, excuse you? I know what I'm doing. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that's how God will talk to us sometimes. Amen. He said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Gird yourself up like a man and answer me. And he basically asked him, how was the earth formed? What is the purpose for your life? And immediately, Job knew he didn't have an answer for God. You know, I've been put in a position where I question God myself and God will respond. And you'd be like, oh, my goodness, I was wrong. I'm sorry, Lord. What, what was I thinking? Um, his grace is sufficient. You don't have to have all the answers. I like what Nancy's saying today. It's Nancy, right? I like what she's saying today. Put it on the altar. You don't have to have all the answers. Know that God is good and God loves you. He has a good plan for your life, plans for good and not evil, to give you a hope and a future. You learn that when you have a relationship with God. God is good. Tell your neighbor, God is good. God is good. Tell your other neighbor, God is good. God's grace is sufficient, meaning adequate. Be still and know that I am God. Put it on the altar. Come on, who am I talking to today? You got some issues today. Put it on the altar. Hallelujah. Put it on the altar. Hallelujah. Instead of having the attitude, this is never going to end, I quit, which I was thinking, this will never end, have the attitude, maybe God just wants to get some fruit out of me. Maybe God wants to bring me up higher in my walk with God. Maybe God is perfecting my weaknesses. Maybe God is perfecting my bad attitude. Maybe God is perfecting my unfaithfulness. Maybe God is perfecting the fact that I don't, I don't have any patience. You know, look at yourself. Why is this happening? 
Um, so don't have the attitude I quit. Have the God that have the attitude that God is perfecting our weaknesses. I heard a story, Joe Osteen. I love Joe Osteen. And he was telling a story about a donkey. And this donkey ended up in a well, a big hole in the ground. And then there was a farmer who loved that donkey. He tried to get everybody in the neighborhood to pull that donkey out. But he could not get that donkey out. So finally the old farmer just decided, hey, we're going to have to just bury the donkey in the hole. So he got a shovel out and started throwing dirt on the donkey. And the most interesting thing happened. The donkey felt the dirt. He shook that dirt off and started stepping up on top of the dirt. And he kept putting more dirt on the donkey, and the donkey just kept shaking it off and stepping up on top of the dirt. Until finally, what happened? What do you think happened? The donkey walked out of the hole. Hallelujah. When you have troubles in your life, Shake the dirt off and keep stepping up higher. Hallelujah. Shake the dirt off and keep stepping up higher. Shake the dirt off and keep stepping up higher. Hallelujah. God wants to take you higher, but God is going to use your pit to raise you up. Sometimes God wants to bless you in your valley. You don't always have to be on the mountaintop to be blessed. Oh, it's good when you're on a mountaintop. It's good when you're getting your money. It's good when you're living good. It's good when you ain't got no issues. But it's also good when you go through troubles with God. It's also good when God brings you up higher in a certain area of your life. Life is not going to be all strawberries and rainbows and 4th of July weekends with ribs on Sunday afternoon. <sighs> That's just not how life goes. That's wonderful. But tomorrow was a new day. Hallelujah. Today is, is going to be something happening today, probably. And so we have to just keep shaking that dirt off and keep stepping up like that donkey. It's kind of like a lady having a baby. You know, in the beginning, you know, it's not that bad. They kind of throw up a little bit. But after a while, you know, their back starts to hurt and they start to get mean. And people don't want to be around them. And they start to have the hormone problems until finally the water breaks. And you have this beautiful baby. Sometimes God wants to birth something new in your life, but there is pain that comes along with that birth. You have to go through the pain. Tell your neighbor, go through the pain. Tell your other neighbor, go through the pain. Some of y'all need to lose some weight today. Go through the pain. Hallelujah. Push through the pain. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we have trials, but then we say, but God, take your neighbor, but God. And God will answer you. When you get in the presence of God, God can then lift us and change our perspective. Um, in Bible study this week, we were talking about the suffering church, and God knows our pain and meets us there. God, Jesus was actually talking to the church of Smyrna, Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. You can read that this week. And it says, I am the first and the last who was dead and came back to life. He basically he told them, you're about to suffer for 10 days, and then you're going to die. Now, I like what Jesus says. I am the first. I am the last. I died, but then I came back to life. And now you're going to die. At the end of that section, it says, that you will not die the second death if you stay in faith. God wants you to go through some things that feel like you're going to die, but you're not actually going to die. Take an effort. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. It's okay. We all go through troubles. So when God, 
we get in the presence of God, God then lifts us, changes our perspective, sustains us, and gives us that peace that passes all understanding. And then we can change our position. David went from hopelessness to God answers me, not answered me in the past tense, answers me now, answers me in the future, in the present and the future tense. He went from hopelessness to having hope. He said, I call out to the Lord and he answers me. Well, let's go over that whole Psalm 3 again one more time. First, he started off with his problems. Lord, how many are my foes? But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me. And then he changed his position and says, I call out to the Lord and the Lord answers me from his holy mountain. Okay, now that's David. Now let's move on to Paul. Paul went from begging to bragging. Praise God. God wants to take us from begging to bragging. Amen. Um, he begged God to remove the thorn from his side. And then he went on to brag about his weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So what happened in the beginning? He had a problem. Well, I was on high, I was on the mountaintop, and then a thorn came. But God said, he is my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then he changed his position. Therefore, I boast all the more about those gladness, about the weaknesses. Now, he said I was glad. I wouldn't be glad about all that stuff. I would just say content. I like what one version says, be content when you have troubles. Be, don't be on the mountaintop. Don't live on the mountaintop one day and then live in the valley the next day. You know, just try to live, you know, right here. You know, you can't always be on the mountaintop. There's nothing wrong with being on the mountaintop. Sometimes we do end up in the valley. But, you know, just try to be content. You know, things don't go your way. Don't fall out like you're 12 years old. Why did this happen to me? No, stay in faith, Okay. But God is a shield around me. God is the one that makes my weaknesses strong. Um, I like what Job said. He didn't even wait until God responded to him. In the middle of that trial, he says, I know my Redeemer lives. You know what scholars um, tend to say that that whole trial only lasted Job about nine months, and then it was over. Sometimes we're in this pain, kind of like the lady having a baby, right? Nine months, right? Sometimes God wants to burst some things out of you and bring you into a new future. After this, Job lived 140 years and seen his great-grandchildren, amen? This too shall pass. You got to start speaking some words of faith right where you are. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. The trap the enemy set for me, they will fall in themselves. You got to speak some words of faith. Change your position. Tell your neighbor, change your position. Amen. Now, you're talking about it, but now I want you to be about it this week, okay? You're talking about your pain, but don't talk about it in defeat. Look at what the Lord has done for you. Yeah, I had a bad break, but God was the one that helped me in that situation. But God was the one that sustained me and gave me peace and helped me to move on and have hope for tomorrow. Amen. Don't just talk about what the problem is. Talk about the solution. Talk about God. Talk about how God wants to sustain you and change your position this week. David went on to be one of the greatest kings that ever lived. 
remembered for generations. And interestingly, he didn't just go through one trial. He fought Goliath. He was run away from King Saul. And then he had to run away from his own son. Once you get out of this season, don't be surprised if another season comes up. Oh, y'all got quiet on that one. Don't be surprised. <laughs> it's going to be okay. We're soldiers in the army, amen? We are fighting the good fight of faith. Same thing with Paul. Paul went through a lot of trials in his life, but he went on to write half of the New Testament, and his word is still living on today. Paul was tested many times, but he still lived a life of victory. But Jesus Christ is the one who gives us a true life of victory by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He is the one that leads us and guides us every day. He has defeated death in hell. And Jesus said in Revelation, I know your pain. I even know your poverty. Amen. But you are rich. And you will not die a second death. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Jesus is the one that's sustaining us and helping us today. Hallelujah. We got some giants to slay. Take your neighbor. You're a giant killer. Oh, I don't think you believe that one. Take your other neighbor. You're a giant killer. Yes, we got some giants to slay. We got some New Testaments to write. We got some songs to sing. Hallelujah. We got some promises to birth. And we need to trust God in the midst of every adversity. And then we can go on to brag like Paul. And, you know, just be content in the weaknesses this week, in the insults, in the hardships, even when your family member passes away. You know, God is going to speak to you and sustain you wherever you are. God will help you in the persecution, in the difficulty, and God is going to lift you. When I am weak, then I am strong. Say it with me. When I am weak, then I am strong. You know what I was singing in the bathroom earlier? I was just trying to get this sermon to print out in color. And I just said, you know what? I'm just having a trial, trying to preach about trials. Amen. And I was just singing, hallelujah, anyhow. Sing the song if you know it. Never, never let your troubles get you down. Oh, when those troubles come my way, lift your hands up high and say, hallelujah, anyhow. Sing it again like you believe it. Ready, go. Hallelujah, anyhow. Oh, never, never let your troubles get you down. Oh, when those troubles come my way, lift your hands up high and say, Hallelujah, anyhow. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we just say thank you for the message today. Thank you for lifting us in times of trouble. Thank you, Lord. We can trust you with every trial, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are going before us wherever we go this week, God. We say thank you, Lord. In the midst of trouble, we remember you, Lord. In the midst of trouble, even if it's our fault, you give us grace that we didn't deserve, Lord. We say thank you for your son, Jesus, and for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us every day. Give us your Holy Ghost strength, Lord. God, we ask you for those fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know that you have a good plan for our lives, God, and we are trusting in you. We are going to have a greater testimony, even in trials, Lord, that we are still worshiping you, and we trust you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.